You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast, a podcast for people who want to learn more about their personal finances and get the most from their money. This series is hosted by Kate Campbell from How To Money and Owen Raskovich from Rask Finance. The Australian Finance Podcast is provided for educational purposes only. The information is general in nature and does not take into account your needs, goals or objectives. What that means is the information does not apply to you specifically. So consider getting the advice of a licensed and trusted professional before acting on the information. Kate, this is episode three of the Australian Finance Podcast. What are we talking about today? Today, we're getting into debt uh, and hopefully getting getting out of it (laughs) in the same episode. Okay, good. Yep. Um, We're going to tell you exactly how you can get into it (laughs) and then what to look for to do the opposite of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so we're going to touch on the major types of debt that people have and these are sometimes called consumer debts Mm -hmm. we're going to go through the the good the bad and the really ugly yeah and i think the best place to start with that is the ugly so why don't we talk about um first of all i suppose this overarching idea of the worst kind of debt and how that i suppose affects you from earning interest as opposed to paying it Mm. So I think the first thing, you've got to really work out if you're currently paying or making interest. So in the previous episode, we talked a bit about savings accounts. And in that case, hopefully you're earning interest. But with debt, you're going to be paying interest. And this interest can really vary from something uh, down the the lower end, maybe 3%, up until some of the companies are charging 70, 80% interest per annum. Which is crazy. Insane. And... If you're not, if if you are paying interest, your money's working against you. So as soon as possible, you really want to get yourself out of that situation where you are paying interest to somebody else, um, and you really can't afford to have sort of that credit card personal debt. Um, but if you do, the first priority before investing, before most other things, is really paying it down. Mm. Yeah, I think one of the things that we all know, and most listeners would know, is that credit cards generally are pretty bad. There are some people that use them effectively, but they're well in the minority. And 
you know, we all need to get out of debt. We know that. So what we're going to try and do with this podcast is this episode in particular is trying to help you get the strategies and the tools that we would recommend you use to to do that. So we'll have heaps and heaps and heaps of show notes with links to really, really good resources that could we could sit here for months and do a podcast and we probably still wouldn't touch on the experience and mm. the, the, the skills that some of these resources have. So really make the most of them if you're in this situation. So why don't we jump off with credit cards? Yeah. So I think financial institutions love selling you credit cards because they're a great moneymaker for the institution itself. Mm. And they can get, they can, they're such easy form of money that it can get into a really nasty debt trap really quickly because it's just so easy to, once you've got one, you can just spend it anywhere, just like a debit card. Mm. Um, and they might entice you in with no annual fees for the first year or a great points deal, which I, I can say I have been enticed in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's usually the, the interest payers. So the people that are in credit card debt are subsidizing it for um, the people that are paying it off every month and getting the great deals. So mm. um, once once you do, if you do have a credit card, it's important to, I guess the first step often people say is cut up the credit card. Um, and if you can't cancel it straight away, you focus on attacking that debt. And whether that is through using the budgeting method we talked about before and using that 20% of your income to pay aggressively pay down that debt every mm. month or picking up some extra work or selling some things to just really focus on kicking out that debt. It's really important to sort of get rid of that credit card as quickly as possible if you are in credit card debt. Absolutely. One of the things that I noticed, so my partner, we had a credit card that we could use overseas because this is before some of the really new age and I suppose nimble online banks that we have here in Australia existed and well not existed but just were became popular and when we when she traveled abroad she used a, a credit card because it had no transaction fees and all the rest of it and then we ring up and try and cancel it and man do they just do everything in their power to you know oh, you know you can get six months no fees you know you've already paid this amount you won't have to pay that amount and they really want you to hang around so the reason they want you to hang around is because they're still going to charge you fees even if it's a zero balance often. Yep. You know, every credit card is different, so read the, the T's and C's if you're really that inclined to keep it. But there's if you just cut it up, if you have like three credit cards and you cut them up and you just chuck them in the bin, you would be crazy not to then go and cancel them. It's going, yeah. it's going to be hard, but go and cancel them because there's a chance that those three credit cards that you have have all got fees, and I'm talking you mm. know, a few hundred dollars a year. Yeah, annual fees can get pretty nasty. Oh, yeah, very nasty. But there are some good bits, like you just acknowledged rewards points, but they definitely are subsidized by the people who you know, have an unhealthy relationship with debt and pay the, the, the interest. For me personally, no credit cards. Mm. It's not something that I want to be associated with. Yeah. And frankly, I don't need to because... You know, I've got my budget. I know what I can spend. We take out cash at the beginning of the week if we want to spend on things that maybe, you know, are like those wants rather than the needs. Mm. So I know how much I have to spend each week. I'm not going to go beyond that. But, for not, you know, everyone's different. But we'll, we'll, I'll give you an example of how – Just we know that credit cards are bad, but I'm going to give you an example of just how bad they can be. So, And we'll link to this in the show notes. Let's say there's someone that has a $4,000 credit card debt and the debt charges – for uh, 20% a year. So 20% every year you're paying um, to the bank. You could make the minimum repayments on this particular card and it would be about 2% a year. So you're paying off 2% of the balance. So that's not that's the interest plus the balance. Or you could use 20% of take-home pay and pay off the debt ASAP. And 
Um, so let's say you could you could pay off an extra hundred dollars per month. So not a great deal for some people. You know, hundred dollars a month, about twenty five bucks a week. Instead of paying the minimum amount on that credit card, two percent, which works out to be about eighty two dollars off the four thousand. If you did that, it would take you forty years and six months to pay off that credit card. A very long time. So that's longer than your mortgage, right? Yep. Four thousand dollars. <laughs> And in that time, you'd pay about $15,000 of fees and in interest and, in, and interest. But if you pay that extra 100 bucks a month, it'll be done in around about two years and four months. So you're saving almost $14,000 in fees and interest. And that is incredible. So you go from paying the minimum amount that the credit card company wants you to make, which is about 40 years, and you bring that right down to just over two years mm. just by paying an extra 100 bucks a month. Yeah. So if you have your budget and you have that 20% tucked away, you can use it to really good effect. It might not be gone tomorrow or the next day, but it'll be gone soon enough. Yeah, and paying paying off extra off your credit card is really a decision you have to come to on your own because the bank is not going to incentivize you to do this because you're their favorite customer if you're taking That's right. 10 years to pay off your credit card debt because they make so much money from you in interest. So they have no incentive to get you to cut up your credit card mm. and they're happy for you to keep it going for a long time. So it's something you have to come to terms with and I'm going to get rid of this credit card. I'm going to pay it off and I'm not going to get another one. For sure. We will actually link to the Money Smart Calculator, which is I find a really good one for showing if you just make a little bit more, might be even $5 a week, how great of an effect that can have on the balance of your credit card and the interest that you pay. So we'll link to that in the show notes. And another side effect of cutting up your credit card is suddenly all those regular recurring direct debits you had that companies love to set up Mm. on your credit cards suddenly they can't pull the money out. So they're suddenly sending you emails going, update your payment details. And Mm. it's a good opportunity to clear out some of those recurring direct debits that you're not using. That's a really good point that you might have signed up for something (laughs) many months ago that you've almost forgotten about and it might be five or $10. Yeah. It's not until the credit card's gone and the, the details are lost. That, uh, that they come knocking and, and say... And you realise you you're paying for multiple um, entertainment and music subscriptions. Yeah, that's right. You yeah. only need one. Netflix, Amazon, the list goes on. <laughs> I, I reckon if that happened to me, there would be 10 things that I don't know about. But hey, I'm the, I'm the expert, right? Quote, unquote, so I shouldn't be saying that. <laughs> but that's just true. That's who I am. <laughs> okay, so personal loans. Personal loans are the probably like, if you think about the the waterfall if and the, the worst one being credit cards, probably the next one is personal loan. And that can take a variety of forms. We've seen recently the introduction of something called Afterpay. Most people get personal loans for cars. Yep. Many people get them for holidays. And some people, um, and which is sort of the worst type of personal loan, is they get into them because they don't have the emergency fund. And mm. it may have happened to you and those personal loans just rip you off to the nth degree. I've seen sort of 60 plus percent interest per annum and that's, that's nasty. Yeah, that's huge. So you'll see these advertised on the TV a lot of the times. These, some of them might have fluffy bunny rabbits. Others might have, um, you know, stores that you can go down to um, exchange your, your products for cash and then they offer this service on the side. There's a lot of these operators out there. There are. And they're, they're modern form of loan sharks. Yeah. So instead of baseball bats, they've got... Um, a high-whiz yeah, website. That's it. That just looks really... Really agile and, and really fun and, and, you know, what could go wrong? Um, this These types of loans, I suppose, can be very, very dangerous because they can lock you in for a very long time. Yeah. And I want to give an example, but I'm going to give the example uh, for a, 
of, of a young person that might use a car. So let's say, because I did some numbers on this recently, and let's say there's a young guy, he's bought a car, and he's paying 16.84% interest. So I just used the, I just went to a bank website and used their calculator for these calculations, and this was act, an actual loan that someone of that age group could get. So they're paying 16.84% interest, but because they have a loan for the car, the bank requires that the car is fully insured. So you've got to pay fully comp car insurance. So it's a $25,000 car. It's taken out over seven years. It's going to cost $17,200 in interest and $16,500 in insurance if you Sheesh. did it over the full <laughs> term, right? Wow. But then you've got to keep it roadworthy and registered, which works out to be about 5400 over the seven years. Then you've got about $7,000 for average, average servicing and repairs, which you could well go beyond that, you know, if you did a few burnouts or whatever. <laughs> but then, you know, all up, this is going to cost this young person $71,000 for a $25,000 car yeah. over seven years, right? This isn't just about interest. This is about an unhealthy money decision that, you know, you might look like a legend, a hero driving yeah, around. And, and the yeah. store's going to say you're the best person ever. And that's right. Like give you a car with a nice bow on top. As That's right. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna, you, you think you're, this material item is going to bring you some sort of prestige or happiness. But at the end of the day, you're going to be $71,000 out of pocket. Yeah. You know, we've all got to drive cars. So there's always going to be some cost, I suppose, unless you live really close to the city. But this is an example of how you can go from just a simple idea to being locked in for a very long period of time. Yeah, and maybe maybe twenty five thousand is is reasonable for a car, but suddenly seven years later, if you're paying seventy one thousand dollars, yeah, you could get a much better car for that. That's right. Yeah. So this is an example. That's probably an example of a of a debt that's probably not a very good debt because the the thing that you're buying with it isn't going up in price like a house would, for yeah. example. But we'll get to that in a moment. So now we know we've we've just been shocked by this person that's bought an expensive, well not expensive car, but a car that's going to cost them th- almost three times as much. Mm. And we've got the example of a credit card and how making a very small repayment can really work wonders for you. What are two approaches that someone who's potentially looking at multiple forms of debt, what are two approaches that someone could use? Yeah, so the common common ones I've really seen are the debt snowball and the debt avalanche method. Mm-hmm. So the debt snowball, you completely are disregarding the interest rates of your various consumer debts, so the, the personal loans, the car loans, the credit cards, mm-hmm. and you start by paying off the smallest one first. So this this really has psychological benefits. So you've got that sense of satisfaction of cutting up the smallest credit card, paying that off, and then just going from there. So it's kind of like starts small and it snowballs, it gets yeah. bigger as it goes down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one is the debt avalanche method where you you work out, you line up each of your debts and you pay the ones with the highest interest rates first. So that's um, that one, you're not really, you might be paying the largest debt first and it might take you a lot longer to before you can smash out one of the debts, but you're paying the least interest by paying the maximum hmm. interest yeah. first. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So you, there's effectively two methods. One, you can start with you know small amounts and just knock them over. Yeah. Or you can just try and take the one that's potentially doing you the most harm. Yeah. I think the the key here is that it's not going to be right for everyone and you could use... A mixture the, of both. Maybe just right. smash out to get started, smash out one of the small ones and then attack the highest interest one. That's right. You might have a, a credit card that's only $400 in debt, right? And then you might see that there's a $500 annual fee for that credit card. So you think, well, I should just pay that $400 off before it rolls around to the annual fee and then I'll focus on the one that's 
that I've got that's $5,000. Yeah. And right? that's another thing you've got to factor in the, the fees and things because yep. they, that, that doesn't get counted in the interest rate, but you might be getting charged a $400 fee on that particular credit card. Mm. There's something else that has popped up in more recent times, particularly in a younger demographic, which is this thing called Afterpay. My personal belief, and people are going to disagree with me on this, my personal belief is that it's probably in this, it's probably in this personal debt credit card type of bucket yeah. where, in my opinion, it may seem free, but it probably should be paid down ASAP. Yeah, and it gets you, I think I read in one of Scott Pape's newsletter, it gets you used to that, um, the using debt. Mm. And I, I think he called it the marijuana effect. The but gateway drug. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so you're, you're getting used to have to pay at a really young age having a credit line of credit and then that sort of gets you used to credit cards and personal loans later in life so whether that um, is a trend that happens is yet to be seen but I, I do, do think it could be quite harmful in the long term if you get used to having that regular credit and not paying for an item in full up front mm. while we're on well, you mentioned Scott Pape we should plug his book this the, I think it's called The Only Money Guide You'll Ever Need. It's a really good book and handles a lot of these issues around personal finance. So it's worth well worth the $25. But yeah, Afterpay is one of those things where, yes, in and of itself, it might not be the worst thing in the world, but it's it's forming bad habits. And we talked about in the last podcast about you know the, having those, those habits uh, too light to be felt until they're too heavy to be broken. Yeah. And that's a, a really good way to think about Afterpay. I've found I know some shareholders who will firmly disagree with me and say it's a good thing <laughs> yeah but i'm going to flat out disagree with that yeah okay so we've got we've been through the two major types of debt which are personal loans and credit cards let's we've we've, we've given you some options along the way you know the avalanche strategy snowball strategy making just extra contributions you referred to 20 percent earlier on what was that 20 percent that you mentioned uh so the 20 percent was the part of your budget that you're saving um in that previous episode when we did the 50 20 mm-hmm. 30 method um and when you when you're starting to pay down this debt it instead of putting that 20 percent towards savings once you've built your emergency buffer you're probably mm. going to want to aggressively pay down this debt so i guess the first step is to work out what you are currently making and then what you're currently spending and that gap is what you can use to pay down your credit card and while you're paying down these nasty debts charging you sort of 30, 40% interest rates, it's important to increase that gap as much as possible. Um, and if it is a negative number and you're currently just going into more debt, how can you halt that mm. flow of debt? And one of the options is speaking to a financial counsellor. So if you have gotten yourself into a one of these situations for any reason, mm. financial counsellors um, we've linked to in the show notes are a really good resource because they have so much expertise in this area and they can really show you how you can get out of this situation, tell you what your rights are in this situation um, and help you help you get out of it. Sometimes they can even they can even call the, the credit card company yeah, for I you. Yeah, I believe right? they can advocate for you on your behalf to the credit and card companies, the banks. And I think that's so important. If you already feel overwhelmed by money, mm-hmm. having someone that you know, and this is free, right? Yeah. We didn't emphasize that, but this is free. You can have someone that goes into bat for you and just... You know, they're, they're, they're the one that's in the ring for you. They're, you know, boxing yeah. on with the, with the credit card <laughs> yeah. company. Let them do it. Don't, if you're like me, I'm like, oh, no, that's okay. Maybe I'll just have it for a little bit. No, this person will be there on your side to tell you yeah. that's wrong. I'll do it for you. And that can be such a helping hand, particularly just think about if you're a busy person, mm. if you've got kids, 
you know, if you're just if you working full-time, you might not have time to deal with, to spend an hour on yeah, hold. Yeah, and these right? companies are only open during business hours and That's if you right. don't have time. That's right. They know that. So they don't want to make it easy for you. So let someone like this do it. And we've got, this is as simple as it is. We've got a link in the show notes. You can click on that link. Then you can put in where you are and it will show you the nearest financial counselor and mm. have a phone number. That's how easy it is. So give it a shot. Yeah, so if you're in a situation you're feeling overwhelmed and if, if you have a debt collector knocking at your door or the electricity company's turning off the power, really seeing a financial counsellor could help you. There are so many ways that they could help. It's it's incredible and it's free. So, you know, for me being a money person, I'm kind of like, just do it. Yeah. Just do it. It makes sense. Yep. Um, uh, so paying off debt, you've you've we've got some show notes and one of those things that you've said is paying off debt isn't all or nothing. Yeah, so it's... It might seem overwhelming right now, um, especially if you've got one of those horrible debts charging 60, mm. 70% per annum because it, your debt's probably doubling every two years or so. Um, but it's about taking small actions to really improve your situation and whether that be speaking to a financial counsellor, um, cancelling that credit card, aggressively paying down debt once you've worked out your budget, um, taking these small actions will really help to improve the situation. And You've, I guess the first thing to just do is really work out what your debts are mm. and line them up, whether it be in order of size or order of interest, and work out how are you going to pay down this. For sure. Absolutely. It's it's just about putting some time aside, being prepared to be vulnerable, yeah, and then and just giving it a crack and, and using the resources that we link to. And one of the things that we're going to link to is a thing called Good Shepherd as well. This is a website that you can go to and it's – it's a no interest loan scheme. We're not advocating that you go and get one of these loans, but it's well worth doing some investigating and, and understanding what they are, maybe calling someone and, and seeing, you know, or reading some reviews and see what they say. But these are, these are loans that we hope maybe don't take people for a ride. Yeah. And if you, you might not have your emergency fund and you might get into a, a situation where you, you your That's only choice is right, to get a loan, 100%. there are some options that aren't, nasty loan sharks that such as good shepherd that could help you from getting into a situation that it's going to take you years to dig yourself out of for sure and these are there's there's some other things that we'll link to throughout the series as well that that's very similar to this so when we get to insurance we'll talk about those as well but just refer to the show notes on on the websites and um just follow the links if you need help you can they can always send us a question right yeah definitely yep Okay, the next one that almost everyone has in Australia, especially if they're living the quote Australian, Australian dream. dream. <laughs> uh, you know, if you if you if you're living the Australian dream, you probably have a mortgage. Yeah. The, the if you look at the graph and being an investing guy, if you look at the graph over a very long period of time, you can see household debt is just creeping higher and higher and higher and higher and higher, in line with house prices virtually. Mm. So, uh, mortgages for those who don't know, you know, you need. A, most people need a mortgage to get a house in Australia now because it's so expensive. One of the things that if you're new to the housing market that you may be required to pay by the bank is what's called LMI or Lender's Mortgage Insurance. And Lender's Mortgage Insurance is a type of insurance that protects the bank if you haven't saved the right deposit, which is around about 20%. 20%. Or if you're a tradie, you don't have regular pay slips and they think, oh, this guy might be a bit risky, might lose his job. Or if you're a freelancer and you don't once again have some sort of statement to show the bank they might require to get this type of insurance to protect them not you and here's here's my definition of lenders mortgage insurance it's the most expensive thing you don't have to pay Mm. so 
if you are in this situation, consider just saving a little bit more because it might be a couple, you know, it might be, be $20,000 for LMI for a particular yeah. house. So, And it doesn't benefit you in no, any it way doesn't. apart it's just, from being yeah. able to have a, a smaller deposit or maybe for those other reasons the bank... That's it. It's for the bank's benefit. You, you're you already paying stamp duty if you buy a house. You're already paying this LMI. You, you know, you're paying fees to whoever, like a solicitor or mm. someone. Don't, you know, just get them down <laughs> as much as possible. That, that, yeah. You know, I'll forgive you if you've got a, this is the way I think about it. I'll forgive you if you've got a credit card or whatever. But when it's a, a house and it's probably the biggest purchase you're ever going to make in your life, just put in the effort and yeah. really think about it. So some of the things that we would look at with a mortgage uh, what we call the comparison rate versus the interest rate. So the comparison rate is something that you should focus on because it includes fees, whereas the interest rate is just something that looks really good and it makes it look like, oh, I'm only paying whatever percent when the comparison rate's normally a little bit higher because it reflects everything. So focus on the comparison rate. Another thing is people talk about the difference between a fixed and a variable mortgage. That just means that you know the repayments with the fixed mortgage are the same every month. Whereas with a variable, it, it will it will move month to month or however often the bank sees fit, and that can be good because it's typically lower. But there's a chance that your interest rates can go higher. Now here's the thing: you can always lock in a fixed rate, but you can't always jump out of a fixed rate. Mm. So when you when you have a fixed rate mortgage, they they're generally you know set for two, three, four, five years in advance. So you say, I want to enter a three year fixed rate mortgage. But then if you need to break it or you want to break it after 15 or 18 months, sorry, the bank will normally charge you a fee Mm. to break it. So it's kind of one of those things where you can go fixed, but maybe do it when you have to, not when it just sounds convenient. The final thing that I'll mention on mortgages is annual fees. So I I don't have a mortgage. I rent. I don't – we'll get to this later on, I'm (laughs) sure, but I prefer to invest in the share market. And I was astonished that some banks charge – a thousand bucks just to get a mortgage. Oh wow! Before you've even paid interest, <laughs> yeah. And then they'll charge a, a yearly ongoing fee, and then there'll be fees associated with things like extras, so offset accounts, redraw mm-hmm. facilities, um, having linked transactions. Like it's just it's just endless. Yeah, it just adds up. That's right. But here's the thing about all of this stuff: you don't have to pay them. <laughs> this the difference between paying a higher interest rate and not could be. You know, one to two hundred thousand dollars over the life of a loan. Yeah, wow. That's, or put another way, potentially years mm. off your loan, just for going to one of the the websites that we'll link to in the show notes and just comparing different options. You know, it, it takes a few minutes. You could even give your current bank a call and say, "I saw this rate on this website. What can you do for me?" And just being really hard nosed and just being, "This is what I think." Yeah. And if you don't do it, then I'm going to walk. Yeah. And they'll, they will they will meet you halfway at least. And you've got nothing to lose from trying at least. That's right, right. It's like one of those things where it's the, the, the risk reward is well in your favor. Just yeah. go for it. They're not going to suddenly cancel your loan just because you're asking for a better <laughs> That's rate. That's right. They're not going to say, well, you know what? We're going to take the house. They don't do that. So <laughs> at least as far as I know. So anyway, that's my rant on mortgages. Yeah. <laughs> What's the last one? Can you explain what HEX is? Yeah. So was it higher education? Contribution? Maybe. Maybe. Something like okay. that. Okay. Well, any, so essentially if you're going under, you're undergoing tertiary education in Australia, you're going to, unless you've got the money to pay up front uh, or maybe a scholarship of some sort, you're paying HEX and that's... So, student loan. Yeah. So it's your student loan and luckily, unlike America, 
where they have to go out and get a loan from a loan provider. It's a government system. So you just Mm. start, um, the government essentially says, you're saying an IOU. You've got to pay it back eventually and it's usually through tax um, Mm. once you're making over a certain threshold. But um, you can, you do have the option of paying it up front. At the moment, there are no incentives to pay it up front. Um, And at the moment, the loan only goes up at inflation which at the moment is? It's less than 2%. Yeah, so, so we've linked the, um, the ATO website so you know exactly what it currently is because the government could change this mm-hmm. at any time. Um, it depends if they want a um, more student loan paid off quickly or Yeah, that's right. It could get to a point where the government thinks, geez, we need to get these guys paying their loans back sooner, yeah. which they have done in recent years. They've brought down the amount of income you need to make before you start repaying yeah. because there were some people that would get these loans and for one reason or another, they would never repay them because they wouldn't earn above the, mm. the limit. So the one thing with HEX is that it's probably, in my mind, the cheapest debt you'll ever find because it's only going up at inflation. Yeah. And if you can make more money, and this comes back to the question of should I invest if I have debt? Yeah. And for me, it's if you have, say, a 1000 bucks, if you have that money and you could be making 10% by investing it some way, but... Hex is only going up at 1.7% or 2% or whatever it is. There's no point taking that money and putting it on your Hex because you're making more if you're investing. Yeah. It's the same with credit cards. You don't need to, I don't think, necessarily um, invest at 10% if a credit card's charging you 20% because mm-hmm. that's the most efficient use yeah. of your money. So, you know, if you think about it, people always, they get a bit envious. Like, oh, I've got a credit card debt, but I want to invest. Well, actually, if you just pay off the debt, you might actually be making more money than an investor is. Yeah. So just just do that. Yeah. Okay. So is there, have we touched on all of the the debts? Are there any? Yeah, anything? I think that's that's the key one. So I think the the key action points from this this episode are really working out if you do have debt of any sort, working it out, listing down even just on a piece of paper, writing down how much the debt is, what the interest rate is, and working out a strategy that works for you on how to pay it. And if you do, uh, if you are in a situation where you need to need mm. some assistance with this, book in a call with one of the financial counsellors or call the National Debt Hotline and we've put those links in the show notes yep. below. So that, that could be a really important first step for you. Unfortunately, with this type of stuff, there's no easy answer. There's no one size fits all. Yeah. So it's just about just having the courage, trying to muster it up and just taking a look at those bank statements to see what you're being charged, mm. listing them all down and going from there. And uh, yeah, once again, we're here for questions. So if someone wants to find us, Kate, where could they find you? Uh, find me on Twitter and Instagram at HowToMoneyAustralia and www.HowToMoney.online. Yep. And I'm Owen from Rask Finance. So you can find me on Twitter at Owen Rask or you can visit the RaskFinance.com website and we'll be able to answer your questions and get some feedback from you for future talking points. So that's another episode of the Australian Finance Podcast done. Thanks for Thank joining you me, for Kate. Listening. Yeah. Thanks, guys. We'll see you soon. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest, and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. 
you can visit investsmart.com.au for a no-obligations, free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.